There seems to be an epidemic of young people today who, when the time comes, just don't appear to have the tools to survive outside their parents' homes, uh, much less flourish outside of them. This seems to be especially true for young men. There's an uncomplimentary name given to these young men. They're known as Peter Pan males because, well, at least by all observation, it appears that they just refuse to grow up. They've been plagued by what's now called a failure to launch. So to turn things around, what can we do as responsible, God-honoring, God-fearing parents surrounded by entitlement, political correctness, trigger words, and safe spaces to prepare our kids for independent and responsible living? Well, that's today's discussion as we explore parenting for the launch, next on License to Parent. Well, welcome, and uh, thanks for flying with us today here on Licensed to Parent Airlines, better known today, I suppose, as Space Camp for Parents. Uh, Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherd Hill Academy. It's a year-long, Christ-centered, therapeutic residential program for teens in crisis. Our host on the program, as always, is the founding director of Shepherd Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, you know, there, there's a mindset all across America these days that adolescence is a time reserved for, for social media, for video games, for hanging out, chilling out, any number of other entertaining or amusing activities mm-hmm. that just don't seem to have much to do with, well, really preparing for the real world or the responsibility that lies ahead. I, I think the research and maybe a cursory observation of the way things really are will affirm that. So in your observation, what is going on here? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, the terms adolescent uh, or even teenager weren't really common terms until after World War II. I I think you can't even find them in a dictionary before that. I could be wrong about that. But prior to that, the the teen years uh, meant you were simply entering adulthood and much more was required of kids, even as preteens back then. And, uh, you know, as a result, I, I truly believe that the frontal lobe in a person's brain may have actually been developed uh, much sooner than 25, uh, some say as early as 16 prior to the 20th century. But that's an entire conversation of its own. My, my point is that today, not much is required uh, of kids by way of responsibility while, they're, while they still live in, the, in their parents' home. And our culture seems to perpetuate this philosophy, uh, maybe even promote it. Uh, I've said many times before on this broadcast, Rich, and I still believe it, that today's kids are in a very real sense victims of our greater systemic cultural problem. And and you know I hate to use the word victim. You know yeah, that. But sure. I, I, I really believe in this case uh, it, it, that it is the case. Uh, when it comes to so many young people failing to launch these days, and and we can put, you know, we can put the blame solely on parents, but there may be a legitimate argument that, you know, they're also victims to a great extent. And uh, as parents, we've 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 bought the lie that busyness uh, is the touchstone of success. Uh, but we've become so busy, so overwhelmed and exhausted, whether from work or our own amusements or whatever, that we've failed to recognize that we don't have any margin in our lives anymore or that margin is important, or even what margin is. Uh, Consequently, we've allowed our our kids to to be raised by what I call the other parent, which is today's pop culture, and that largely via the medium of digital technology, uh, more specifically smartphones. And we know that if the devil can't make you bad, Rich, he'll make you busy, right? Absolutely. And when parents get too busy, it's easy to get overwhelmed and exhausted, and that's when it's much easier to cave to cultural pressures and allow that other parent to generate undue influence over our kids. And we do this all while we anesthetize our own selves with the vices of our own devices 
to help relieve the stress that goes along with pursuing upward mobility or the American dream, which for many today is looking and feeling a whole lot more like the American nightmare. So with all that and, and more money and stuff than time and energy, it becomes very easy in our materialistic and increasingly secularized society to regularly appease our kids with whatever they want. Uh, just to keep the peace. But we know that peacekeeping isn't the same as peacemaking, right? Absolutely. And I, and I think, uh, you know, five, six years ago of of recognizing this at first when I'd be in a restaurant perhaps and uh, the, the youngest of children would be getting squirmy and, you know, and the parents just want to sit down, J- just hand the child your phone, let him play with it. You know, you, mm-hmm. you would see that all the time. But um, when parents are getting too busy, as you just said, and too overwhelmed and exhausted— that's when any sense of entitlement that's actually been systemic in the home in the first place gets magnified to an even crazier degree, wouldn't you agree? No, absolutely. Our culture has told our kids that they deserve all the rights and privileges of adulthood without any of the responsibilities and obligations. And so not only do they now believe this, but their parents are now believing it too. And what exactly is culture anyway, Rich? Well, I heard it concisely put this way. Culture is the ideas, institutions, and interactions that tell a people group how to think, feel, and act. Well, mission accomplished, culture. I've got to bring our guest in because he can add on to this and build it, and I think we'll have a a good picture for you of what we're getting at by the end of the program. His name is Dennis Trittine. He's president and CEO of LifeSmart Publishing and author of a book, we love this title, Parenting for the Launch, Mm -hmm. Raising Teens to Succeed in the Real World. He's also written a book called What I Wish I Knew at 18, Life Lessons for the Road Ahead. Dennis's desire through his books and his speaking engagements is to inspire and equip the next generation with the leadership and life skills they need to flourish and fulfill their purpose. Now, previously, incidentally, uh, Dennis was a senior executive for 27 years at Russell Investments, where he managed some $40 billion and evaluated leaders and organizations worldwide. Uh, Dennis and his wife, uh, Jean, have two adult children, and they live in Gig Harbor, Washington, uh, which, uh, which coincidentally is about as far from here as you can get and still be in the lower 48s. <laughs> yeah. Dennis, thanks so much for being with us on Licensed to Parent. Well, thanks so much for having me, and uh, all I could say is ditto from what you were uh, just sharing before. Well, Dennis, you you obviously wrote this book because you observed what a lot of us have observed in recent years, but for those who haven't observed anything out of the whack, tell us uh, what that might be. Right. Well, we actually wrote Parenting for the Launch in response to feedback that we were receiving from educators um, around the nation. We attend conferences um, and, um, and speak regularly to uh, teachers, to counselors, and um, they're familiar with our What I Wish I Knew at 18 book and our curriculum, but they kept saying, can you also write a book for parents? Because we're having just as many issues with our parents um, in our schools as we are with the kids. No and, um, and they were honestly imploring us to do so. So my colleague Arlen Lawrence and I uh, decided this is something we're hearing this too many, from too many places, educators, employers. We're, we're seeing the research in universities of the anxiety levels, the high uh-huh. dropout rates. So we just decided, well, let's, let's go ahead and, um, and write a book for parents that would complement our What I Wish I Knew at 18 book, which is a message to teenagers and young adults. And 
um, obviously this is our our space and um, and it's a a difficult time for parents during the teen years because nobody's really prepared for it and they don't think about the teenage years when they're deciding to raise a family and it catches everyone off guard. There's a, a lot of anxiety, there's relationship stress. And as you were saying earlier, a lot of parents are just caving in to try and keep their kids happy and they're not thinking strategically that they're raising a future adult. Right. And therein lies the problem. No, you're exactly right. Uh, it's really embarrassing actually when you, when you think about it. Uh, but as you talk about um, in your book, preparing our kids for, for their own independence really does need to start at the beginning. Uh, I like the way you put that. What we, we think so strongly is that there has to be an underlying philosophy behind our parenting, and it has to be strategic. We're not just dealing with the day-to-day um, needs of our kids. We're also always trying to stay some steps ahead. So when it comes to um, a parenting philosophy, it ought to begin with a view that we're not just raising children. We are also raising adults who are called to live out God's purpose. And, and if we don't think in those terms, then we're more apt to um, live day by day and focus more on keeping our kids happy. And then what happens is downstream, we see the effects that we're seeing now in the younger generation, which is they're completely unprepared for adult living. Um, the, they don't have the character um, and soft skills that employers are looking for. Um, they're floundering, um, et cetera. And it, and it really goes back to, were we strategic enough in our parenting to really focus on raising a future adult? Yeah. And if not, yeah. Well, that's, that's the very thing I would say that virtually every parent enrolling their teens at Shepherd's Hill says at, uh, uh, at our first uh, point of contact, I just want my child happy. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, he's the most important thing in my life. And I'm thinking, well, those are two of the biggest problems you got, yeah. <laughs> you know, because n- number one, I think holiness rather than happiness is God's first plan. Happiness will be a byproduct of that. Happiness is contingent upon happenings. We're really looking for joy, which is a deeper inner thing. But, uh, Intentionality, I, I think, is something, too, that, that uh, you, you talk about in your book, and I, I think that's something that very few parents really pay attention to, uh, maybe even don't know how to be intentional. I, I think we have a lot of uh, folks who don't really have a, a good uh, foundation in what Scripture says about raising kids. I know there's been about 70,000 books written on parenting. Uh, most are outdated the year they're written, but... Uh, well, you mentioned this uh, being intentional as a parent. We're also not doing a very good job of teaching our kids to be intentional. Uh, I think of when I was a young man going out to get my first job. I was 15 at the time. I think that was when they would hire you. And I remember my dad, you know, saying, uh, you do everything you can to make the employer look to, look good, to mm-hmm. do your best, you know, to honor your employer, to honor your family and doing right. it and all this other stuff. Talking about the things that I was supposed to do. And now as I hear kids, you know, my my children and their friends, you know, talking about getting a job. It's, you know, like, well, what am I, you know, how much am I going to make and what are my rights? And they can't say that well, to me. And they can, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> They're the employer. You're right. the employee. You know, are, right. are you serving properly? You use two words, honor and others. And that's almost like archaic today. But uh, Dennis, talk about intentionality. What does that look like in the teen years or even preteen years? 
Intentionality during the teen years, uh, to me, would involve a couple of you know, key areas. One is building the leadership skills that our kids are going to need to be successful adults and putting our kids into positions where they are going to learn leadership and being able and be able to demonstrate leadership. Um, that would be one thing. Um, secondly, it would be teaching our kids how to do the things they're going to need to know how to do on their own while they are in your home. So you look ahead, you're always looking ahead three, four years mm-hmm. about what are those things that they're going to need to know how to do well on their own without being reminded by their parent. And you start introducing these things along the way. You give them more and more responsibility, and through that responsibility comes greater privileges. Um, another key thing that we recommend is to introduce your, your children um, to other role model adults who can speak life into them, who can develop those relationships, those connections. Uh, We often say uh, parenting is a team sport, but one of the things parents don't do enough of is introduce their kids to other people that can have a great influence on them. What we find in the teen years, as all of us have experienced, is the kids are pushing us away. Well, the strategy to combat that is bringing other great influencers in their lives who can um, say things uh, that the parents would say, but it's going to be received differently. And if there's one thing I would say our kids would give uh, mom and dad an A-plus for is we are adamant and active introducers of great people into our kids' lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I would just say those are a few really key strategies, but giving sure. them the responsibilities, treating them and talking to them like adults. Have a high bar of what you expect in your child. There you go, right there. Um, it's, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And, and they will, most of them, if they see a higher bar, they're going to go up. But if we have a lower bar and we... We basically are there to keep them happy and let them play video games three hours a day. That is short-term thinking and long-term failure. Right. You know, as noble as it sounds, uh, should kids be the most important thing in a parent's life? No. No, but, but our parents are putting so much of their identity into their role as a mom or a dad and, and viewing their children's outcomes as a direct consequence of our parenting. Mm-hmm. And this whole identity thing is really what is interfering. Well, I'm seeing a lot of codependence between parents and their kids. It's almost like, well, first of all, it's, it's now to the point where parents are more afraid of their kids than the kids are of the parents. But uh, I think inadvertently we have a tendency to make idols out of our kids. Uh, when a parent tells me that Junior is the most important thing in my life and I just need him fixed and happy and all that stuff, I'm thinking, well, first of all, if, if you're truly coming from this, I mean, I, I assume you, you chose Shepherd's Hill Academy because you, you know that we're you know, a Christ-centered program. You know that if he is the most important or she is the most important thing in your life, you've just effectively made an, a, an idol out of your kid. And, uh, you know, like I to, I to, I've told my kids from the time they were born, you're third in my life. You're, you're in a five-way tie for third. Mom's second. 
and God's number one. I'm glad my wife has another man in her life. That gives her a lot of security. I can love her a whole lot more with her being second in my life than if I made an idol out of her. And I t- as crazy as this sounds, I've told my kids this too, and they're very happy, very secure with this. You know, if you and mom are drowning, guess what? I'm saving mom. She was here before you got here. She'll be here after you leave. And that has actually brought them a, a great sense of security. And I think, I think God smiles upon all that. But it also explains why every time they're in the pool, your kids are all piled on right, top of they, mom. Yeah, we don't go swimming together. Anyway. <laughs> well, and, and let me just interject another thing that I think is, is not as commonly known, but it has a huge impact, and that is parents are thinking that their kids are learning a lot more about practical adult living in school oh boy. than they really are. And, and so they're, they're making these assumptions and kind of advocating their parenting responsibility and assuming that the school is taking care of a lot mm-hmm. of this practical training. Well, you talk with many of the schools who, if they offer these types of leadership and life skills types of courses, um, it's as an elective, if at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what you have is the kids are, and again, I hate to use the term victim, but they truly are in this case. The kids are the victim yeah. of parents and schools thinking the other is training them in these practical adult skills for living. Right. And it's a huge issue. What do parents need to know about uh, what you call strings and wings? Can you talk about that? Oh, Absolutely. So we like to use an analogy when it comes to launch time, that we're releasing an eagle to soar to fulfill its purpose and be able to handle the turbulence that comes along life's way, as opposed to releasing a kite that we continue as parents to control, maneuver, and manipulate because either of our identity is all wrapped up into our role as a parent, um, or maybe we don't trust that our kids are going to be able to do these things on their own. And so we have to continue to be in that control position. And I think if we think about our parenting um, with these visuals in mind of an eagle soaring versus a kite that needs to continue to be controlled, that is a very clear difference. And, and so what will happen in, in the parents who adopt the, the wings philosophy is, is all, it's all about empowering kids. It's all about building their leadership and life skills and core values to be able to succeed on their own and fulfill their purpose, believe in themselves, have confidence that they're well-prepared. Whereas if you're in the other camp of releasing a kite, you're going to be more apt to pursue helicopter type parenting strategies where you're always interfering, uh, as, I, as we call it, keeping your hands on the, the handlebars, even though the kids need to know how to ride the bike. Mm-hmm. Or you're a performance parent where all you do is care about how these kids are performing and um, putting incredible pressure on your kids. Or you're just being a permissive parent where basically your focus is keeping Johnny and Susie um, happy and having a, a harmonious home, and then the kite gets released and it flounders. Yeah. We're talking today with Dennis Trattine, who's president and CEO of Life Smart Publishing. He's also author of a couple of great books that uh, we're touching on here, What I Wish I Knew at 18, Life Lessons for the Road Ahead, and uh, more appropriate for this program, Parenting for the Launch, Raising Teens to Succeed 
in the real world. Uh, you can find Dennis, his books, and a lot of other resources on his website, DennisTratine.com. I'll spell it for you at the end of the program today. We'll be back with more conversation with Dennis right after that. And a question that I want to ask has to do with those parents who actually want to push their kids out of the nest at age 18 and uh, the right and wrong way and best way to approach something like that. This is Licensed to Parent. Back with more in a moment. The world of digital technology is always changing, and it's changing you if you're comfortable with technology or not. Your kids may take technology almost completely for granted and rarely notice its effects. On the other hand, you may adapt to technology more slowly, but are affected by the digital invasion just as much as your kids. In the book, The Digital Invasion, How Technology is Shaping You and Your Relationships, authors Dr. Archibald Hart and Sylvia Hart-Fried uncover the ways digital technology is changing us from within, physically, mentally, and especially spiritually, and offers therapeutic and biblical strategies to become good stewards of our digital lives. The Digital Invasion also includes 10 pages featuring Trace Embry of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Find The Digital Invasion in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherd's Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed to parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Remember, you can find us and our past programs online at licensedtoparent.org. And uh, today we're talking about a very special topic, and that is failure to launch, or more appropriately, parents, how we can help our kids launch. Uh, we're talking about a book called Parenting for the Launch, Raising Teens to Succeed in the Real World, and we're speaking with its author, Dennis Trittine. Dennis, um, I know that a lot of um, a lot of families will say to their kids from <laughs> from when their kids first start understanding language, "Hey, you know, when you're 18, you're out of here, or when you graduate from high school, you're on your own, kid." Um, we have have tried to convey a message to our children as they grow up. You know, we're not raising kids; we're raising future adults, and uh, and you know, at 18. That's when you need to begin taking over these responsibilities and you need to become the adult. That's when you start paying rent. That's when you start doing other stuff. Give me your thoughts on that. What's the best way to approach this in your experience? Where do you see the most success in getting kids to take the reins when they finish school? 
Right. Well, I think one of the things that parents can do during the the teen years is help build what we call self-awareness for our kids. And that means helping our kids understand themselves. How has God uniquely gifted them? Um, What experiences do they have? What are the greatest skills that they have? What are they passionate and interested in? The more kids understand themselves, the better position they're going to be to develop a vision for their lives and to take that vision seriously. So we've actually developed, and it's on our website, um, a a wonderful uh, leadership assignment for families, and we call it your personal balance sheet. And what this does is it allows the kids to develop actually a personal balance sheet of their assets and what we call their constraints, things that will help them reveal who they are. And the more we understand ourselves, the better position we're going to be to develop a vision for our lives that we're excited about, that we're going to pursue with passion. But way, way too many teenagers have no clue about themselves, really. Mm-hmm. They don't. And so they're, they're drifting. And I think we as parents need to help our kids understand themselves. And once you do that, that sets a pathway. And kids are going to be a lot more motivated to perform, to take seriously um, their college or, or career work um, if they know they're on a path that fits who they are but it's a missing link for most teenagers. Mm. I, I think a lot of kids probably look to their own parents in defining themselves. And so if they haven't been given guidance as to how to lay out those visions and the goals, you know, for their lives, they may just, you know, kind of say, well, let's see, dad is a such and such, so I must be a such and such, and I'll just rearrange a few words here, and that's who I am but without really giving much thought as to who God made them into being. And each of us is unique. That's exactly right. And it's, it's one of the reasons why during the teen years, um, it's so important for students to take surveys, things like career-related surveys that will um, allow them to um, assess what might be potential career fits for them. Mm-hmm. M- many um, schools do not offer this type of thing in the high school years. And, and, and what winds up happening is, as you say, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to do what my dad did, or I'm going to do what my mom did, or I'm going to do what my uncle did, without truly understanding what is it that I would love to do and that I would excel in um, from a career standpoint. So I think in the, in the teen years, parents have a great opportunity to make sure their kids are taking uh, great career assessments that will stimulate their interest. Don't assume the schools are doing this. Right. Take a leadership role as parents. But it goes much beyond uh, the career area in promoting self-awareness. We've been talking today on Licensed to Parent with uh, Dennis Tratine, who is author of the book Parenting for the Launch, Raising Teens to Succeed in the Real World. Another of his books is called What I Wish I Knew at 18, Life Lessons for the Road Ahead. You can find Dennis, his books, and a lot of other great resources on his website, which is DennisTratine.com. Let me spell that for you, though. Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S. Tratine is spelled differently than it sounds, T-R-I-T-T-I-N.com, DennisTratine.com. Dennis, we appreciate it. We feel like we barely scratched the surfaces, so uh, mm-hmm. 
I definitely want to suggest uh, to our parents listening today that they get your book, Parenting for the Absolutely. Lunch. Absolutely. I was, I was yeah. just going to say, I, I endorse this book. That's terrific. Thanks so much for being with us. Well, thank you so much for having me, and have a great day. And you too as well. That is all of our time for this edition of License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. If you have a teen in crisis, we're here to help. Please contact us by following the links to Shepherd's Hill on our website, licensetoparent.org. You can learn more about our ministry and even help the work we do with teens while you're there. And you can listen to our other conversations that we've had on a wide range of parenting topics. Again, the website, licensetoparent.org. Our guest coordinator is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.